0: The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Right now, I want to get to this. The Trudeau government's bill to ban oil tanker traffic in northern B.C. waters cleared a hurdle. In the Senate yesterday, senators voted 53 to 38 to reject a report from a conservative committee suggesting that the legislation that you know as Bill C-48 be scrapped but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. The committee's report said the planned law unfairly and deliberately targets the western provinces and their economies. Four Alberta senators voted to kill C48 including our first ba- our first guest, independent Alberta senator Doug Black. Senator Black, welcome back to the show.
1: Well, great. It's always, always good to talk to you and, you know, through you, your listeners.
0: Now, need to break this down a little bit. So after months of hearings, testimony, submissions, the Senate committee recommended that this bill, C-48, be abandoned. Um, It was defeated. That's a rare thing to happen. Can you take us through what happened yesterday?
1: Uh, You bet. And you know, your lead-in was so right. The transport committee has been looking at the tanker ban legislation for a good number of months. They've traveled to three provinces, they've had 52 hours of hearings, and they've heard from over 140 witnesses. So the normal course of events is that the committee then reports to the Senate. And only five times since 1996, has the Senate ever overturned a decision of a committee? But, but the city has the right and they exercised the right yesterday. Uh, there's a feeling among some senators that they want to have a further conversation about potential ways to amend this terrible tanker ban bill. So we're going to now go through that conversation next week.
0: Senator Black, um, C-48 has been slammed as it's been called discriminatory, divisive and dangerous to national unity. Um, You want it uh, scrapped entirely. So I'm guessing that you agree with that description of this bill.
1: Completely. In fact, it might have even been my description. (laughs) I just think it is dangerous, discriminatory and it's It is a threat to national unity. How so? How can we have a national government attacking a province? Like, how does that happen? But that's where we are, and the fight's not over yet, and I'm up for that fight.
0: There was some concern by some senators. Um, They saw that there was a, a real partisan tone to the report. Did you feel that way?
1: I felt that the report was very, very aggressive. But I'm quick to say that the legislation is so detrimental to Alberta and to Saskatchewan and to First Nations groups who want to involve themselves in developing projects for the energy industry. I think that it warranted strong language. Mm-hmm. Was the language too strong? I guess we could have a conversation <laughs> about that. But th- you know, we're not talking about parking passes at the University of Alberta. Yeah. You know, we're talking about the prosperity of the most prosperous province in Canada. So I think it warranted strong language to alert the senators to how divisive this is going to be. Unfortunately for some senators, it had the opposite
0: effect. Senator Black, I just wanted to clear something up, and I want to get you to explain something to me. So if passed, Bill C-48 will enact the Oil Tanker Moratorium Act, which would keep oil tankers that carry over, what, 12,500 metric tons of crude oil from stopping or unloading crude oil or persistent oil at ports or marine installations located along B.C.'s north coast from the northern tip of Vancouver Island to the alaska border there are no current active pipeline proposals um, that exist for the north coast and even if one were approved we wouldn't see a northern line for a decade or more so why is it um why is it that you're so against it if if it's there's no projects proposed is it is it just what it would set out it sets a precedent and that could follow all the way down the coast
1: Yeah, well, here's why it is so worrisome. So long as there will be a tanker ban in place, there is, even though it would take 10 years to build a pipeline, as you correctly point out, with the tanker ban in place, nobody would ever make a proposal to build a pipeline because there's too much uncertainty. So when you look at investment and prosperity, yeah. And then the second point is, we have this very impressive group of First Nations who have come together to develop a proposal called the Eagle Spirit Pipeline. Mm-hmm. And it's intended to run from Edmonton through to, I believe it's Prince Rupert, maybe it's Kitimat, so mm-hmm. it's one the two of those ports. By virtue of the fact that this tanker band, this viable, responsible, environmentally responsible, and aboriginally-led project will be dead. Mm. Now, what kind of signal does that send when we're endeavouring to launch upon this reconciliation agenda with First Nations? When we have First Nations groups who have the capacity to build a partnership, to build a multi-billion dollar pipeline, to be told without any consultation, you can't do that. Mm. And the third point I want to make is this is the only oil tanker ban in the world. (laughs) I mean, we don't have one in the St. Lawrence. We don't have one in Placentia Bay in Newfoundland. We don't have one in the Bay of Fundy. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. So it becomes very obvious very quickly that this has nothing to do with the uh, protecting the obviously beautiful and sensitive environment of the north coast of British Columbia because we have a beautiful and sensitive environment in Placentia Bay as well mm-hmm. where there are hundreds of tankers come in and out every year. This is about ensuring that the oil sands in Alberta are capped. Full stop. That's the intention of this legislation and that's why I am. it makes me so driven to um, make sure that it
0: Do you believe that this also may be a way to ensure that the Liberals get some much-needed votes in B.C. in the upcoming election?
1: Oh, you know, I hear that a lot, and I just don't want to think that any political party would play with this much fire. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to believe that. Um, I just don't want to believe that. The consequences Mm -hmm. for our province are so severe Mm -hmm. that I would hope that the Prime Minister of this country is not playing that kind of political game.
0: Senator Black, it seems contradictory that we would, uh, the the possibility that C-48 could be put in place when we're looking for the approval of Trans Mountain in just a couple of weeks. That I think a lot of people are expecting that to get the green, you know, the go-ahead, the green light. What do you
1: think? Well, I sure hope so. It should have got the green light years ago, incidentally. But what is so important to keep in mind and I have to remind myself of this as well, that when and if the Trans Mountain Pipeline is twinned, the majority, the vast majority of the product on that line is contracted to go to Washington State and Northern California. Now, what we need is we need to be able to get our product to Asia. That's right. That's the problem here, is because we have become a hostage to the U.S. and because the U.S. is now the largest producer of oil in the world, an astonishing turnaround in five years, they don't need our oil. That's why there's a differential in price, Mm. because they can set the price. So, well, obviously, I want Trans Mountain. It needs to be done. It would be outrageous if it wasn't. That doesn't solve our problem here. It mm. just doesn't solve the problem.
0: Senator Black, there is talk that Bill uh, C-48 can be amended at third rating. There is, you know, questions whether or not the transport minister will allow that uh, to happen or not. Do you believe there is a way to fix this? Um, number one and number two is meant is is making proposed amendments to it a way to run out the clock on this and to get it dead on the ground before before um, you know the yeah. summer session sits. Two
1: two very good questions. On the first question, I do not believe that the government of Canada has any appetite for amendments. Specifically, I attended all of these hearings on behalf of Albertans. Specifically on two occasions, I asked the Minister of Transport, Mr. Garneau, directly, would he support an amendment for a marine corridor from Prince Rupert and or Kitimat to the open Pacific to allow for the carriage of Alberta oil? He said no, specifically on two occasions. Hmm. He talks about, but we'll entertain amendments that respect the spirit of the legislation. But, Jay Lynn, the spirit of the legislation is to provide a tanker ban. Yeah. Therefore, there is going to be no meaningful, no meaningful amendment entertained by the government in my submission. Frankly, I hope I'm wrong. But I don't think I'm wrong. (laughs) And then your second question that you asked me there, just refresh my memory. About, you you
0: know, the amendments maybe just running out the clock on this. I've heard that
1: suggestion as well, and frankly, I don't care what method is used to sink the tanker (laughs) ban. If that method works, great. If we have to defeat the bill in the chamber, great. But I know at the end of the day, this is a bad bill for Alberta and a bad bill for Canada. So um, uh, whatever methods can be utilized appropriately... To ensure this does not become the law of the nation, fine. And then, look, if the if the liberals believe this is so important, they can make it a campaign plank mm-hmm. in the next mm-hmm. election, which is only four months off now. Well. And then Canadians can weigh in expressly on whether or not they think a tanker ban is a good idea.
0: Well, and you know what? Conservative leader Andrew Shear saying that if he, um, you know, becomes prime minister in the next election, he would scrap it. Jason Kenney saying um, that if it's passed into law, Alberta will launch an immediate constitutional challenge. We haven't yep. seen the end to the fight uh, on this one yet, have we,
1: Senator Black? No, we certainly have not seen the end of the fight. But, you know, I just want to say... I think we should be tired of fighting. (laughs) We've had 10 years of fighting in the courts between provinces, between companies and First Nations groups. And where has that got us? Mm. Nowhere. So we need to have legislation in place that allows us to build projects responsibly so we can get back to work and start working together as opposed to figuring how we trip up Folks, in a new and novel method. That's part of our problem, and I, I don't know how we've lost our way, but we've lost our way.
0: Senator, what are you hearing from from big companies about how difficult it is to do business in this country anymore? With you know, proposed legislation and all that sort of stuff. I mean, we're seeing people saying, "Okay, you know, we're out of here. We're done." Um, and you know, this isn't yeah. just about getting oil to Tidewater. It's not just about getting bitumen to Tidewater and to opening up that. It is about uh, prosperity in this country, isn't it?
1: Totally. You know, I gave, when I gave a speech in the chamber yesterday, I went through the number of companies that have left, energy companies that have left Canada or dramatically scaled back operations over the last year since we've been debating this bill. And it's around 10 companies. Mm-hmm. You would have also noticed that yesterday nexon CNOCC, Nexen mm-hmm. announced a layoff of 100 people. Mm-hmm. Well, it is at the point now where people who make investments aren't even considering Canada. They've already left Canada. They've sold their assets and they're saying, look, we'll look at Canada again in a number, or next five or 10 years. And in the meanwhile, They're going to the U.S. or they're going to Mexico or they're Mm -hmm. going to other jurisdictions where there is regulatory certainty, where the taxes are lower and where there's less regulation. I mean, we've created a perfect storm in this country for business to leave. And that's what we've seen. Jobs have left. People have left. Companies have left.
0: Before I let you go, I know you have a plane to, cra- uh, to catch Senator Black and I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Well, I know it's...
1: Been- I'm in a rush.
0: <laughs> the, uh, My final question to you, so, so what happens next? Um, you know, what ha- You Go back and talk about this next week. For my listeners, explain what is on the table uh, moving forward right now.
1: You bet. Okay, on the tanker ban, what will happen is next week we will, in the Senate, consider a number of amendments to try and improve the bill. So we'll undoubtedly pass some of those amendments, we'll send the amended bill back to the House of Commons. The House of Commons will either agree with us, more likely they won't, and they'll send it back to us, and we have to decide whether we accept Mm. the tanker ban bill or we defeat the tanker ban bill. And that's going to happen in the next five, six, seven days. On C-69, the bill which is designed to uh, restructure how projects... Uh, and by our part, I beg your pardon, how uh, energy projects are approved in Canada. Uh, that We finished that in the Senate yesterday. We sent that amended bill with some 200 amendments back to the House of Commons. And I'm calling on the Prime Minister and the Cabinet and his Liberal MPs to support the Senate amendments. Don't cherry-pick. Don't pick and choose. We need the Senate amendment package approved for projects to be developed, for money to return to Canada. And so we can take that for sales, or pardon me, that mm-hmm. closed for business sign that we have in the window of this country down. And if they don't approve the full package, I think there's going to be a great deal of unhappiness and uncertainty. And what will happen is companies will continue to leave and there will be no projects proposed in this country. Senator Black always... And I wish I could be more optimistic. I'm an optimist. but this is what I see.
0: Senator Black, I always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thank you for this.
1: Anytime. I really appreciate the opportunity of speaking with you and your listeners.